fun. Hello, everybody. We are the Basic College Life Podcast. We have another episode today about meal prepping. Today we have Jared as our, you know, the guy, <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the knowledge and stuff. So we'll just go ahead and get right in here. Um, I'm Brooklyn. And I'm Cody. And we're just going to jump right into this meal prep episode. All right. <laughs> you got it. You got the first question. Go All ahead. Right. Okay, Jared. Jared, f- Jared. <laughs> Jared. 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 My first question is what is meal prepping? Why would you do it? Just basic rundown of meal prep. Well, I mean, it's like meal prepping. It's okay. So it's like bring it in a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha. Just get a little bit closer to the mic. Okay, I got you. So, um, meal prepping, you know, it's. You got time on your hands. You got a bunch of stuff you need to use in the fridge or in the pantry or whatever. You know, you might as well go ahead and make some food with it. Then you got leftovers. Then you're like, what do I do with the leftovers? Well, you could throw it away. You could toss it in a bag, freeze it. That's basically meal prepping. So kind of going along with what you just said, you said if you have time on your hands. I know as me being in college, I don't have time on my hands, which resorts to me, you know, frequenting that. the Taco <laughs> Bell drive through And, you know, so is... Is there a way to manage that meal prepping without having a lot of time on your hands? Yeah. Or is it something you have to have time for? I'd say it it, it all depends on how fancy you want to make it. Like, um, what was it? About like two years ago, I had like a bunch of bagels I bought this one time. And I was like, yo, okay, these bagels are going to go bad way faster than I can eat them. So I did, you know, right, bagel. Slice of ham, slice of cheese, a little bit of some egg, a little bit of, like, uh, I think that was about it. Bagged them all up, wrapped it in paper towel, froze them. That was meal prep. So, like, a dozen bagels, turned them all into breakfast sandwiches, didn't have to buy them for, like, the rest of the semester. Right. And so it doesn't have to be a super time-consuming thing. No. I mean, if you got time, you know, you can make it fancier, you know, you could make, like, a pasta or sauce or something like that. But, you know, you got a few minutes to kill, make some sandwiches, freeze them. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so... How do you prevent them from getting soggy, though? That is the secret. <laughs> you gonna share the secret? Oh, yeah, sure I could. Uh, well, like, okay, those bagel sandwiches, all you gotta do, take it, wrap it in a paper towel that's been soaked. It's, it needs to be a little damp to the touch. Not, like, completely dripping, but just a little damp. Wrap the sandwich in the paper towel, wrap it up in, like, some parchment paper or, like, some aluminum foil. When you freeze it, that, uh, that paper towel basically acts as, like, the sacrificial, like frost catcher slash moist ca- uh, catcher. So when you heat it up, sandwich stays more or less the same consistency. It might get a bit a bit funky because, you know, it freezes and stuff. But it's uh, it's pretty much the same as consistencies you're going to get from regular store-bought frozen sando, you know. Okay, cool. Um, so why would you what – is what are the benefits of meal prepping, especially for college students? Um, I'd say, you know, it's kind of like treating it like an investment, you know. It's like – you got a bunch of stuff you need to use. You got a little bit of some time to kill. You know, you might as well take advantage of it while you got it. Then in the future, that's less cooking you got to do. You just take that, like, sandwich out of the freezer or, like, um, yeah, let's just work with the sandwich scenario here. You take that sandwich out of the freezer, toss it in the microwave, boom, you got a sandwich right there. Instead of having to, like, cook up the egg and heat up the, the, the slice up the bagel and do, like, eh, you know, about 10 minutes of prep and work and stuff like that, you shorten that down to about like a minute and a half. So it's kind of, you know, making an investment in your future. Right. So I guess um, 
thinking for like how I would be. I hate waking up and making breakfast because mm-hmm. I don't want to wake up any earlier than I have to. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, though. <laughs> it is, but so is sleep. <laughs> I'm a happier person <laughs> when I slept all, a though? little longer. But I feel like what you're saying is that it's like I can take a whole day at the beginning of the semester, prep a bunch of stuff, Good. and then I can wake up and actually eat breakfast, and I'll probably be even happier because I got to sleep in and I ate breakfast. <laughs> you could. And honestly, like, you can say shave off even more time like that frozen sandwich put in the fridge like the night before so it's more or less thawed out the next morning then that's even less time you got cooking in the microwave or you can like throw it in a toaster oven or something like that then like boom sando hot ready to eat you know walk out the door go to class or whatever you got to do bing bam boom so it's pretty much a longer it's like one day of sacrifice for a three weeks of reward yeah pretty much it's like uh benjamin franklin once said uh a pound of prevention is worth a ounce of correction, if I recall correctly. So it's it's kind of in that neck of the woods. Perfect. Okay. So another question that oh, I wait, have. I had those backwards. Sorry. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Um, another question I have is, when you what are some good foods to meal prep? Like, give me some examples of things: breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. What do you? What are we meal prepping? You know. Okay, okay. Um, let's see here. So let's make up a hypothetical day here. So we've already talked about the frozen sandwich. That's pretty easy to do. Get some bagels from the store. Cook up a big pan of eggs. Uh, you got some ham, cheese, whatever else you want to put in there. You want to get fancy, put some pesto or like some c- tomato or something. Actually, no, don't do that. Tomato freezes terribly. Um, <laughs> so that's breakfast right there. Lunchtime. Uh, you could meal prep a bunch of... Uh, like you can make like quesadillas, make a bunch of quesadillas and freeze them. Um, you could do burritos. Um, honestly, if you can think of like a really good, reliable, like microwave food, there's a way to reverse engineer it. So like, honestly, given enough time, you could pretty much make your own pizza rolls and just freeze those in the future. And they're probably going to taste 10 times better than what you could get in the store. Uh, dinner time, dinner time. Uh, you could pre-make some sauce for pasta. You could get fancy and make, like, a bunch of, like, breaded chicken and heat that up. Then you got, like, chicken parm or whatever. You know, the sky's the limit, you know? So pretty much anything. Are you—do you always freeze all of your meal prep food? No, but that's just the most reliable way to do it as a college student. I'd say most people have access to at least, like, a mini fridge, which has, like, a little freezer in it at least. Um, there's more fancier ways you can do meal prep, but that's just, you know, that's, that's advanced stuff. We don't need to worry about that <laughs> right now, but it could even be, you know, just like putting it in like a little Tupperware, plastic Tupperware container. It's not going to last as long, but you know, like, uh, cooked, uh, cooked meat or like a cooked meal can last you about eh, three to five days in a fridge, um, about three to five months in a freezer. So it's all about the demand, you know, like if, you, if you're going to be eating it the next day, don't bother freezing it. Just, you know, just put it in a Tupperware container in a sandwich bag or something, pop it in the fridge. If you want to keep it long term, freeze it. Okay. That's great advice. Um, So you said like a Tupperware. What kind of hardware do you use for your meal? What are you, what are we putting all of this food in? Like, I know that like as a college student, I don't have Tupperware on hand right now. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think, I think the Tupperwares that I, or at least that I use, 
a lot are the ones that you get like you you know you get your, like your Hillshire Farm like meats or whatever from or, or like <laughs> yeah, sliced yeah. meats and I stuff. Thinking. I just use those little Tupperware things that <laughs> yeah your old sour cream <laughs> ones or whatever. You just clean them out, put them in a dishwasher, or clean them or like hand wash them yourself, and I just use those. Are those yeah. like usable inside of that? Yeah, aspect? they are. There was a time period where pretty much all of my Tupperware was just used yogurt containers. Something like <laughs> I like I would have one Tupperware container like used yogurt container full of like. Diced potatoes. I had another one of like onion, uh, spam or whatever. Like I, I was very simple living in those days. But mm. uh, or like Ziploc bags. You get like the freezer safe ones. Mm-hmm. That is like perfect for storing stuff. Like uh, you, you specifically want to get the freezer safe stuff. Uh, the regular like snack bags. Those aren't gonna make it. They're, yeah. they're gonna die. They're or not die, but they're gonna pop. They're gonna pop. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me. Freezer bags are the way to go because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like doing dishes. I, d- I did once. There was one time I did I did a non-freezer bag and I did some pancakes or whatever. <laughs> I just froze some pancakes inside inside of like you know, for that. And uh, like a couple, I think it was like a month later. I was like, man, I want some pancakes or something, but I didn't have any like any materials to make the pancakes. So I just yeah. looked inside the freezer. I was like, oh, I have these pancakes in there. And I tried to open them and. The <laughs> the plastic stuck to the pancakes. Yeah, and it just like ripped off, and Yum. I was like, "Well, I guess I'm having plastic with my pancakes this morning." <laughs> They're encased in a block of ice. No, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like some of the stage. <laughs> just need some syrup. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's like the biggest hazard. It's just like you got to know what it is you're storing, and what's the best way to store it. And like as you mentioned just now, you know, like those pancakes, like. Um, they probably still had like a bunch of moisture in them when you tossed them in the bag, you know, and the bag wasn't freezer safe. So all that moisture locked in plus the bag, boom, lock tight. You know, that's Fort Knox in there now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, let me let me go off of that. Yeah, you, sure. you just said something uh, very interesting. You said to to look up like of what or know what you're dealing with and mm-hmm. stuff. Where would I go? Like, let's say I, I'm I, like, because I mean, this podcast is totally meant for those who who don't know. Yeah. So. Where would I go to find this kind of information of like, okay, how long should this be in the freezer for? How long should this be in the fridge for? Um, that's pretty good stuff to, or that's a pretty good question. Uh, generally speaking, like I know the FDA or the USDA, I want to say they have uh posters and like informational charts you can find on their website that list off like uh safe like cooking temperatures when you're prepping it, and then like as far as storage goes, um. Some of those sites I've just mentioned will normally have safe storage times as well, but you can also find those on a lot of, like, uh, Mm -hmm. blogs and whatnot. You can just generally look up, like, hey, how long can I freeze, uh, you know, like a cut of steak for? Like, how long can I freeze a loaf of bread? Mm -hmm. And more often than not, there's some it's very easy to find reliable information on these things. You just got to make sure you're not falling for, like, the... The, like, the, the TikToks where it's like, you can freeze a loaf of bread for five years if you do this simple trick. Don't fall for that. Okay. <laughs> so don't trust TikTok. <laughs> TikTok cool. is not a reliable source. <laughs> okay. So another question that I have is how does meal prepping keep you in budget? How do you budget for meal prepping? College students, we're all poor. We have yeah. nothing. We're, we're living off the land practically. How how would you say you would budget meal prepping in? Because I feel like at first that's a very big initial cost. So, like, what are the benefits? How do you keep that? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, actually, it's very easy to do meal prepping on a budget. In fact, it's very good for a budget. Like, um, 
you know, okay, you're trying to eat healthy, right? You go to the store, you buy a bunch of apples, you buy a bunch of, like, carrots, and, you know, you're like, heck, yeah, I'm going to be eating healthy. But then you get busy with homework and this and that. The next thing you know, it's two weeks have passed, and those apples and those carrots have started rotting, and you're like, dang it. There it goes, like, uh, five or six bucks down the drain. The advantage of meal prepping, you you can say, okay, hey, I bought all these ingredients. I need to do something with them. I got some time to kill. Look up a recipe. Separate it out into portions or serving sizes. Bing, bam, boom. Done and done. So it's like those apples and those carrots you bought, you know, you can stretch that from, you know, like a week and a half to two weeks, depending on it. Uh, You can stretch that out from that to upwards of a couple months, depending on what you're doing, you know. Mm -hmm. So, like, makes eating healthier way easier. It makes keeping a budget way easier. You can basically just sit down and say, hey, what are some things I like? What are the ingredients I need for that? And then, like, how long can I store this for? And with those three questions, you know, you, you can pretty much hash out a pretty pretty easy budget to keep, you know. It's honestly way cheaper in the long run than buying a bunch of pre-made stuff and then just eating that on the fly. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, eating Hot Pockets every week, you know, like, that adds up really hey, quick. Hey, hey, don't diss on my Hot Pockets. I love <laughs> the Hot Pockets. Listen, I'll eat a, you know, I got my, <laughs> I got my own Hot Pocket stash, you know, but sometimes, you know, you got you to gotta spice things up, especially, like, with our modern, like, diet being what it is, like, nutritional health terrible these days man it's down the drain so like taking a little bit of some time and energy and just making it yourself and making it uh just a little bit better for the body it pays off in the long run mm-hmm. yeah i feel like that you're not thinking about the health benefits that come from it either when you're looking for food in a pinch and you can just go and grab something healthy out of the freezer instead of a hot pocket or a, yeah. you know the pint of ice cream that's chilling there yeah, I like I think one one thing for me at least uh or from what I've done with meal prepping um is you know everyone kind of goes to to Walmart for like the cheap food kind of stuff mm-hmm. and there's a lot of uh other places you can go to um I know or and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this one but like uh one of my favorite places to go to is like a local farmers market yeah, or yeah. um like going to one of the other local stores like an Albertsons or a Kmart or something of that nature that has that has these grocery things and they have usually they'll have like these tons of sales on these um on some produce that's either about to go bad or something of that nature where they just they just can't sell it anymore yeah and then grabbing that food and then meal prepping for that putting it in a freezer and then just lasts a little bit longer yeah, dude, that's, like, okay, I know, I can't remember the name of it, but, like, my mom back home, she's part of this, like, thing where, like, every week or two weeks, they she basically gets a box of produce locally grown in the region, mm-hmm. and, you know, huge box, and there'll be stuff like, you know, potatoes, apples, carrots, or it could be, like, more local goods, like, where, I, where my family's from in Georgia, they'll have stuff like uh, sweet potato, um, yeah, I love my sweet potatoes. So, like, <laughs> you can sign up for those things where, like, they give you, like, a huge basket of, like, local grown produce that like farmers are just trying to sell off and like Mm -hmm. make a living off of you know you get one of those boxes boom you have a bunch of stuff you can do meal prep with Mm -hmm. you know you slice up those sweet potatoes toss it with some carrot throw in a little bit spices you got a nice little like veggie roast you can toss in the oven at the end of the day Mm -hmm. so like it's actually like a really good hustle especially like if you can get in contact with like local farmers markets and like getting getting good with people who have deals going like it can make you a they can make a very big impact on your budget I think that's great. I know that I would like to be able to, you know, save some money here and there. I definitely am the kind of person who buys food and it goes bad before I get around to eating it. <laughs> so that might be very helpful for me. 
Okay, uh, uh, actually, let's go, uh, let's, uh, let's go for that. Like, uh, there was that just reminded me of a question that I had. Um, was you know sometimes you'll you'll meal prep for something and you'll have like uh, like let's say like three days worth mm-hmm. of meal prep or like leftovers. Let's let's say you want to save those, but. I think we've all been there where we've made this big meal and then the next day we're like, man, I'm kind of sick of this. I don't really want that. That is yes. the reason I don't meal prep anymore because I'm so sick of eating the same thing for five days. And I'm like, all right, if I have to eat another fajita, yeah. I might die. I think the advantage of like especially more long-term meal prepping or like freezing it is then it's like you have enough time where you can go like, oh, hey, I'm kind of craving that again. And then you can thaw it out and then heat it up and then eat it, you know, like – uh, a couple weeks ago, I made a bunch of tamales, and it was, like, a pretty time-intensive process. And, like, I had, like, le- I was eating probably leftover tamales for, like, a good day after that. And I was like, okay, I'm sick of these. And I didn't touch them again for probably about, like, four weeks. But then four weeks later, I'm like, eh, I kind of want some tamales right now. Boom, heated them up, ate them, out of the, uh, ate them for lunch. You know, that's less tamales I had to make in the future, you know. And then, like, yeah, so it's like. So do you think it would be beneficial to maybe meal prep three or four different meals and then just kind of like you know freeze all those and oh today i'm feeling like i want this and grab that out and then you're not stuck eating the same or do you feel like there's a con with that benefits of that i think it really just depends on what it is you like to eat routinely like how much space you have to work with and just kind of like your cooking preferences because like with the tamales that made mm, about three dozen tamales and so that was a pretty big batch but that made, filled me, like, two big, like, gallon-sized freezer bags. And that's, like, four months' worth of uh, snack food right there that I just basically made. But, like, if you just want a couple of, like, smaller meals you could prep, you know, that's that's a piece of cake. You know, just make, like, uh, uh, your soup or your stew. Then you could freeze that. And then you got, like, a couple, like, like, two or three servings of soup you can eat, you know, whenever you want it. Or, like, uh, what I actually did is I had a bunch of vegetables I needed to use. So I went ahead and just chopped them all up and throw in a bag and fr- froze it. So that way, in case I want to make, like, a stew or a soup or something else in the future, I can just freeze those vegetables and cook it in the meal itself. Yeah. So it's just, it. that's the advantage of it is the flexibility, you know. Right. The, your meal prepping can be very tailored to you, your life, yeah. your space, your time. Okay. So what are the major do's and don'ts of meal prepping? I feel like there's got to be something that's like, this you have to do every time. Or this is a do not do, don't go down that road. It will not end well. That is an excellent question. It really, um, a lot of the stuff I've learned about do's and don'ts is just kind of stuff I've learned from trial and error. But there's also a lot of really reliable sources you can find out on the internet that can help kind of walk you through it with less errors than I made. Um, A good example is potatoes. You can freeze a cooked potato, no problem. Reheats pretty well. Kind of the consistency gets a bit funky sometimes, but no problem. A raw potato, if you freeze that, congratulations. You have just ruined that potato. There's no saving it. But on the bright side, you have a new frozen potato that you can, like, I don't know, drop down a window or something. <laughs> I don't know. I still need to figure out what I'm going to do with that thing. Um, <laughs> you still have it. <laughs> still have a, just a frozen potato. Um, it's the opposite of a hot potato. Yeah, pretty much. Or, like, uh, tomatoes is another one. Since they have a really high moisture content to them, they can be really funky when you try to freeze them. But if you cook it into, like, a sauce or, like, a paste, you're fine. That freezes pretty well. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, generally the best thing to keep in mind is, like, how are you storing it? Um, How is that going to impact the consistency of it? Because if you're just storing it in the fridge for a couple days, that tomato, just make sure uh, 
just make sure it's not going to, like, bleed out the tomato juice all over everything else in the meal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, like, lettuce. Lettuce just doesn't keep. Don't bother trying to save lettuce. <laughs> that is, like, one of the few things that you, you just don't bother with it. Because um, mm-hmm. it's mostly water, so they're just right. not saving it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just, like, um, moisture ratios. Like, if you're freezing it, that's going to have a really high impact on the food itself. So you got to keep that in mind. But otherwise, you know, it's just... Uh, it's just it's really easy to just kind of find this info on the net, you know? Yeah, so what you're saying yeah. is just, like, know the food you're working with. Yeah, yeah. So a do, do know what you're working with and how it will keep up over time, what you're planning on doing yeah. with it, so that you know how to... Uh, Don't... A pretty big don't... Okay, if you have a cooked meal, don't mix it with raw ingredients unless you want to treat the whole meal as raw again, which can cause a lot of problems in the long run for yourself. So and don't yeah, mix... Don't mix raw and cooked unless you have a plan for how to save it in the future. Like uh, raw chicken, if you have raw chicken cutlets, don't toss that into your freshly made soup. Just don't. (laughs) Keep this chicken separate. Keep the soup separate. Can I ask why that's a thing? Because I'm sure that applies to more than just a chicken in a soup. Mm -hmm. Well, it it generally just boils down to, like, safe food habits, you know, like, um, because, like... uh, I don't want to go yammering on about that just because I could take a long time. But, like, that raw chicken that has, like, all that bacteria and stuff floating around on it, it's not been properly, like, sanitized pretty much being in the, being cooked. So taking that raw chicken and then putting it in, like, that nice pot of soup you just made, unless you've cut it really, really thin so where it can just instantly be cut when it gets mixed in with the soup, or it can be instantly get cooked when it's mixed into the soup, then that's just introduced new bacteria into your soup. And then when you freeze it, that bacteria just gets locked up in there. It's not dead. Um, so then you reheat the soup, and now you have soup that has bacteria floating around in it. Unless you heat it up to the proper sanitation temperature, now you've got a problem. And food poisoning. So And some burnt food. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, okay, some things can kind of be more flexible with that. Like, soup's actually kind of a good example of it because, you know, you just put it in a pot, add some more water to balance it out. Then, theoretically, you can reheat it back to safe temperature again. But if you made, like, a bunch of, like, uh, chicken parm and then froze it. Nah, that chicken parm needs to be cooked. Cool. Perfect. Okay. Think, well, there's there's another one too. Um, I think uh, going along with like uh, cross contamination, kind of what you're going as far as that. Um, because actually, it was something that I actually had to correct my wife on mm-hmm. uh, recently. Uh, that she she put um. We had we had like a soup. It was a uh, I think it was a tortellini soup or something of that okay, nature. Okay. Um, she put it inside of a freezer bag and everything, um, but she put it right next, like she put it on top of all of our frozen meat. Ooh, inside the freezer, and uh, I was just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and she was like, "What?" And I was like, "You can't do this. You cross contempt. You're getting all the, like because uh, I think a lot of people will think that the, that 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 bag will save." the food and in reality it doesn't it, it like it, you know th- that that bacteria can easily go through that or whatever you know we're talking about a microscopic scale kind of stuff yeah, yeah. you, you want to prevent that cross contempt you want to keep that prepped food away from all the raw food yeah the other problem that introduces is that the prepped food is going to be at a higher temperature than the frozen meat so when those come in contact, that can start kind of, like, thawing the meat out again, and that can cause problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, generally speaking, when you're freezing something, you know, you kind of want to keep that separate from everything else until it's come to a frozen temperature. Then, you know, just toss it into everything else. You're fine. 
Um, you do want to make sure your bags, if you're, like, storing a bunch of stuff together, make sure your bags are, like, pretty cleaned off. You know, you don't want a bunch of grody stuff stuck to the outside of it when it freezes because otherwise, congratulations, you got grody frozen chicken juice on the outside of your your uh, bag of, like, chicken fingers. You know, you don't want that. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you know, just uh, keeping your workstation clean, keeping everything all nice and tidy when you're storing everything. You know, just just good habits to have in general. Okay, I have a question. A little bit off topic, but... Would you say there's a way to prep, like, snacks? Like, I know that's not a meal, because a snack is not a meal. But I know a lot of people in college are big, like, grab-and-go, and it can't be something. I don't have a microwave to go reheat it, because I'm running around on campus, and the closest microwave is six buildings away. Are you talking, like, some, like, trail mix snacks? or Anything, really. Homemade granola bars or something? Anything, really. Like, how would you go about prepping for snacks because i mean we're still talking that it's probably more cost efficient and healthy to not go you know buy a bunch of granola i mean there's nothing wrong with that but there's got to being able to prep that has got to be more cost effective yeah it kind of just it kind of just depends on your like hardware capabilities you have because like if you have access to a microwave somewhere on the campus you know you can make like a bunch of like bean and cheese burritos like little tiny mini burritos and you can just freeze those take it with you in a bag and then when he gets to the, the microwave, just heat him up, boom. Or, you know, you can make, like, some, like, muffins or whatever. Um, a lot of, like, baked goods, if you freeze them, once they've, if you just give enough time to kind of thaw by itself, then once it's gotten up to temperature, it's pretty much fine to eat by itself. You, and by temperature, you just mean room temperature. Yeah, room temperature, because obviously you don't want to eat a frozen muffin. Right. <laughs> but, like, if you have, like, a frozen muffin, you just toss it somewhere in your backpack where, like, it's not going to get, like, crushed or, like, bleed moisture on everything. Then that thing can just chill by itself for like a couple hours, and then by like by the time you're hungry later in the afternoon, that muffin will probably be thawed out, depending on how big of a muffin it is. And you just eat it whenever you want at that point. Yeah, those Costco muffins. You know, yeah, those, <laughs> those things you probably enormous ones. You probably want to slice that up a bit, you know, and then freeze it, or otherwise, you know, that thing's gonna be like a trillion hours. <laughs> That's gonna be like hours. That thing's thawing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's this YouTuber I can't remember the name of him, but he always has. He had this whole idea of, he called it Snack City, where, like, he basically made, like, a bunch of, like, little tiny mini burritos or, like, little mini, like, gas station tacos and stuff like that. And he just put them in a bunch of bags and froze them. And so then, like, whenever he wanted some snack food, instead of just, like, busting out, like, the pizza rolls or whatever, he just grabbed some little mini, like, burritos, heated them up, boom. So, like, it's a really easy to meal prep snacks. You know, yeah. kind of just depends on your preferences. You know, if you want to do granola, that's easy to do. You don't even have to freeze that. Right. Just toss that with, like, some honey and some sugar, bing, bam, boom. Granola bars, you can make those yourself if you want to. Yeah. Okay. What would you do if you didn't really have a freezer? You know, college is great, but a lot of people live in dorms and they don't, you know, they're, they're lucky if they can afford, because you'd probably, a lot of places you have to buy your own fridge and stuff. And that's not always the most affordable thing. So what would you do if you just didn't have a freezer um, or nothing like that to where you can? Freeze your meal prepped meals. If you don't have a freezer, it's not impossible to meal prep, but you kind of have to get a little bit more creative, and you kind of have to be more aware of, like, what you're doing, you know, with it. Like, um, granola, that's a really good shelf-stable food. At at that point, we're kind of looking at shelf-stable foods, and then we kind of have to think about, like, okay, what is shelf-stable, what's not? Because, like, um, chicken... Not shelf stable, obviously. Right. But like um, sugar, flour, oats, 
dried fruits, nuts. Those are shelf-stable. No problem with that, meal prepping those. So you could, okay, if you have, like, a boiling pot of water and you have some, like, glass mason jars left over from the latest, like, thingamabob you did over at the town fair or something, you know, you could basically sanitize the jar and then you could put your soup in it. Then you have shelf-stable soup. But then we kind of start getting into canning, and that's a little bit more complicated. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, like canning your own jars of soup, very easy to look, find information on that. It, it's honestly, it's pretty straightforward once you get the equipment for it. But you know, that's kind of a bit of investment. Yeah. If you don't, if you're not interested in doing it, don't sweat it. But like, uh, it's really easy to meal prep, like shelf stable, like cookies or like, um, uh, like granola bars, you know, things like that. They're not going to be like necessarily like an award winning award winning meals or anything like that. But like. Those are very easy to make without and not have to worry about a freezer. Or if you're working with only like a mini fridge, then you just have to keep in mind that that storage window drops to about within a week window. Just kind of depends. You have some wiggle room just a bit, but about three to five days is the general rule of thumb with with fridge storage. So you kind of have to be a little bit more short term with your thinking on that. But also, you know, it's not impossible. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Do you have any other last thoughts to add before we wrap this up? Be excellent to each other. <laughs> Cody, anything from you? No, no, we're good. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. I'm Brooklyn. And I'm Cody. Party on, dudes. Thank you, guys.